Hello, this is a production of Lion and Lamb Ministries. You are listening to Grab the Glory with Holly Smith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I am so excited to be here on another episode of Grab the Glory. Today, we are not gonna talk about anything super controversial. We're just talking about healing. And healing is all throughout the Word of God. So if someone tells you this is a controversial topic in the body of Christ, they have not read the Word of God recently. Okay, this is the most basic principle that Jesus came to perform. Um, So we are talking healing, and we're also going to talk divine help. Okay, so let's get into it. Guys, I'm looking at my computer today, so my notes are over here if you see me looking this way. Um, For as long as Satan has been on the earth, he has been trying to weigh down humans with sickness and disease and illness. This is a trick as old as time, literally. And so one thing you have to remember is that the devil does not have that many new tricks. He just packages them differently. And so COVID, the flu, breast cancer, it's no different than leprosy or... um, dying of, uh, I was going to say emphysema. I don't know what other um, things, dysentery, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same devil, different, different century, different disease and illness, but we still have the victory over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus came to do something about it because, you know, he did not just come to pay the price for our sins. I know that a lot of people in the Christian walk think, okay, well, I accepted Jesus. I get to go to heaven. I guess I'm going to suffer until then. I got to just work it out. I'll pray through those dark moments. That's not what it says. That's not what the word of God says. Psalms 23 talks about what most people are referring to. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay, but keep walking. You don't have to sit there and canonize the place as my favorite preacher says. All right, here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So first of all, he doesn't want you to want things. So if you're thinking of something you want, talk to the Lord about it. He cares. He cares about your wants. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Okay, well, that doesn't sound like a taskmaster that wants you to suffer through your life. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Okay, if he's restoring your soul, then your soul is filled. It's happy. It's content. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. If your mind is boggled down with life's burdens, he hasn't restored your soul yet. Go to the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And, you know, rod is to protect. The staff is to guide. So you have protection through the valley of the shadow of death. You get a negative report. You say, I don't believe your words. I believe God's. I don't deny what you're saying is true from your reports and your tests. What I deny is it's right to exist and I will fix it because God gave me the power to do that. Hallelujah. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies and anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. That sounds like a good life, right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Most people uh, go to, I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
That's the only part they get right. That's the only part that they're like, they focus on. And what I don't understand is why would you want to focus on something so negative? Maybe you clicked on this video to hate watch it and say, she's wrong. Healing died with the first generation of the apostles. Where does it say that in the Bible? Go read the book of Acts. Go read the rest of the New Testament. And you go and read it cover to cover. And you come back and tell me where, what verse that's from. But if you can't find it, you have to accept that God gave you healing for today and forever. Hallelujah. Okay? So he was successful. Jesus didn't come just to pay for your sins. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. Okay? So he came to give you freedom from the chains of this world. Freedom from the chains of Satan. Because he took the keys of sin and death from Satan. He embarrassed him down in the pits of hell and he took away all his power. Not some of it, all of it. It's all gone from Satan. Satan doesn't have any of it. The only thing he can do is use your power because see, Jesus took it from Satan and gave it back to us. And the only thing Satan can do is use your power because what happens is you get a negative report and you start believing that report. I'm going to die. Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Oh my gosh. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Did you know I'm going to die? I have three months to live. I'm going to die. Yeah. You're going to be dead really soon. (laughs) Life and death is in the power of your tongue, not in God's, not in the devil's. God does not decide who dies and when. Did you know that? God doesn't decide. He doesn't take people home. There are so many people in heaven. He wanted them to be on earth longer to fulfill their calling. And they didn't do it. They had no idea. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. The Bible says this. It says these things. When are we going to start believing it? When are we going to start acting on the word of God? Because I'm telling you right now, you cannot be a hearer of the word. You must be a doer also. Because if you're not a doer, this is going to fall on flat ears. What you have will be taken away. The understanding you have today will be taken away because God's not going to give you revelation on something that you don't act on. The only revelation you're ever going to get is something he expects you to act on. So if you don't start acting on it, he's going to take it away. At the Old Testament in Psalms or Proverbs somewhere, it says, you know, I dulled their senses. I let them have their passions of the flesh. They were released to that evil. I'm not saying you're evil if you got on here and thought, you know, she's a wackadoo. Healing's not for today. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we're held to the responsibility of knowing. And if I'm sitting here challenging you to get in the word of God and prove me wrong, okay, and you can't because all these scriptures line up, then you have the responsibility of knowing that. You have the responsibility of believing for your divine health, believing for healing, and it will change your life forever. It will help you change other people's life forever. There may be people around you that are hurting, that are in this world hurting, and it's your responsibility to tell them about Jesus, tell them about what he did. So let's get into what he did. Let, let me give you some scriptural um, standing, some scriptural ground to stand on. Cause I know you're with me. I know if you got this far and you didn't turn me off in a huff, you believe me. So let me give you some scriptures to stand on this. All right. Isaiah 53, four through six, I'm reading out of the NLT and this is something the Holy Spirit led me to do. And I think it's because the words are very powerful and they're very descriptive. It's accurate as to what Jesus went through. So yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. 
All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He didn't do all of that just for a few. He did it for all. Laid on him the sins of us all. So if he, if he laid on him the sins of the world, and at that same point in time, in that same weekend, in that same day, Jesus was getting his back beat for our healing, he just didn't do it for one generation. That's not a thing. He did it for everybody's generation. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep going. So we're going to see what Jesus did because Isaiah is a prophecy that was fulfilled, right? Isaiah is very descriptive as to the life of Jesus. It all comes to pass, right? We see that through the gospels. And so in, in Matthew, Jesus is ministering and it says a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak and many others. Okay, let's stop for a minute. Let's just stop for one. I'm not going to read the rest of the verse right now. I want you to get this in your mind's eye. Think about a person who's lame, especially back then, but you can think about it today. Someone who's maybe got braces all over their legs. They can't walk right. Maybe they're crippled and they're just trying to get through the day. Maybe they're trying not to be in a wheelchair. Maybe they aren't a wheelchair. The lame, they couldn't walk. The blind, think about a blind person. They can't see, they read braille. They get driven places, okay? They can only hear, they can't see. The crippled, people who had lost limbs, people who, who maybe lost a finger, people who were missing an ear, okay? These are crippled people, people who don't have all their limbs. Those who couldn't speak, people who are mute, who can't open their mouths to speak, they, nothing comes out. And many others, okay? So there are those people he mentioned and then a bunch of others he didn't mention. Think about this crowd of broken bodies that Jesus came to heal in that one day, in that one day, because he hadn't taken those stripes on his back yet, right? He couldn't give this power to just everybody all the time yet. Holy Spirit hadn't fallen, hadn't come on us, right? And so right now, Jesus is hand-to-hand combat, hand-to-hand ministering to each and every person. And so here's what happens. We're in Isaiah 15, verse 30. This is one verse. So in this one verse, he has all these people. They laid them before Jesus. Those people didn't walk up and say, hey man, can I get a healing? No, they had to have people bring them. They were broken. Their bodies were broken. They laid them before Jesus and he healed them all. Jesus healed them all. Every single one of them walked away healed. The blind eyes were open. The limbs grew back. The blind could see, the lame could walk, the deaf could hear. The people who had cancer and pneumonia, they were set free. Those COVID patients took their masks off. They could see, they could breathe, their lungs cleared. You have to understand that the diseases of today are no worse than the diseases of that day. In fact, they may be much better because of vaccinations and all the things that we've done in the natural but they're not any worse. Those people were suffering. They didn't have glasses. They didn't have wheelchairs. They didn't have wheelchair-friendly accessible things in cars and, you know, they, they couldn't work. They couldn't live their life. They had to rely on the mercy of someone else to get them through their life. You can't go as a manual labor in the fields if you can't see the fields, right? And so these people were struggling 
And Jesus gave them back their life. He gave them back a livelihood. He gave them a quality of life. Today, we found a way to work around all these diseases and illnesses, and they've just become a part of us, and we just own them. But, you know, Jesus said, I didn't want you to own it. I didn't want you to have to deal with it. I wanted you to be set free from it. And that's what he did here. He didn't say, here's a wheelchair. He didn't say, oh, here's some new technology, or here's a vaccine that could help you get marginally better. Here's a robotic arm to use. I'm just going to grow your arm back, honey. That's who Jesus is. That's who our God is. That's the power we walk in. This is written in the word of God. You go read it for yourself. Okay. So next verse, we're just, we're just continuing to walk through this road. This is what Jesus did. Okay. Matthew 9 35. So this is actually before that one, few chapters before Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is what I preach on mainly. I preach to get people saved. I'm called to be a, an evangelist, but I'm also called to be a prophet. And prophets get fresh revelation from heaven. Prophets are called to help anoint the body of Christ with the word of God for today. And the Lord has sent me to tell you the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has health and wealth and abundance and life to be lived to the fullest. The kingdom of God has children to be born into barren wombs. The kingdom of God has healing for cancer, healing for disease. The kingdom of God has everything you could possibly imagine. The kingdom of God has divine health, divine life. The kingdom of God has inventions and ideas God can just drop in your heart. The kingdom of God has favor to open doors no man can close. That's the kingdom. And this is what Jesus is coming to preach, to announce the good news of the kingdom because the kingdom could not come to the earth until Jesus came and did what he did. Okay? So the kingdom came when Jesus got here. Hallelujah. And so it's here today. And that's what I'm called to preach all over the world is that we can get sanctified and be members of the kingdom and we can walk truly, we can walk this life out as heaven on earth. And in heaven, there's no sickness. In heaven, there's no poverty. In heaven, there's no lack of any kind. And I'm here to tell you, God sent me to tell you, you don't have to live with those things either. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Okay? So that's what Jesus says. So again, we didn't get through the whole verse again. He came to announce the good news about the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. You don't understand, Pastor Holly. You haven't heard my disease. Uh, I don't have to. He healed every kind of disease and illness. He was whipped so we could be healed, beaten so we could be made whole, healed and whole. It doesn't say except what you've got, except Jessica's weird thing on her foot. It says healed and whole, hallelujah. Accept it for yourself. Okay, we're gonna move on, but just remember, and he healed them all, Matthew 15, 30. And he healed them all, Matthew 9, 35. And y'all were in Matthew 12, 15, but Jesus knew what they were planning. So he left that area. So they were planning something bad on him and he left. He was like, I'm, I'm out of here. You don't wanna receive what I have, it's fine. So he left that area and many people followed him and he healed all the sick among them. Matthew 12, 15, and he healed all the sick among them. There wasn't a moment that Jesus walked into a place and he was like, oh, you're broken. Your body's busted. Too bad. I'm out of here. You don't deserve it. He never said that to anybody at any time. He never said, how many sins have you committed today? 
He never said, oh my gosh, the doctor said that. Oh, I can't do that one. I can't do that. I can heal all of them, but that one. <laughs> Sorry. I love you. Go to heaven one day, but you're on your own. He never said that. He never did that. The apostles in the New Testament, they never did that. People that heal today don't do that. It's not a thing. People that carry the healing anointing. Jesus is the only healer. Jesus is the healer. Hallelujah. So I think at this point, you're probably wondering, okay, I get it. He's healed people. That's great. The apostles healed people. That's fantastic. What can I do at this point to, to walk this out? Because I want to walk this out. You've convinced me. I want to do this. How do I walk in this out? You're probably going to know the answer if you've watched any of my other sermons. Get in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Study it out for yourself. For, like, don't take my word for it. Get in the word and study it for yourself because at the end of the day, if you're facing that cancer diagnosis, if you're facing that, that busted, broken limb, if you're facing a child laying on a hospital bed and the doctor's looking at you saying it's too late, you can't rely on my faith for that. You gotta get your own faith for that. You have to get your own faith for that because I am not in that hospital room with you. Yes, I can come pray. Yes, we can lay hands on them. Yes, they can be restored. But you know, it'd be a lot easier if you could do it for yourself, right? If you could be the steward of your own child's health, if you could be the steward of your own health, because we are not put on this earth to get beaten and busted and bruised by the devil and for him to kick us in the teeth every minute of every day. That's not what we were called to do. We were called to be the light of the world. We were called to be a city set on a hill. We were called to have the victory, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. See, if you're one of God's people, then you have divine life. You have divine health. You have divine wealth. For you to understand what you get as being a member of this kingdom, you have to understand whose family you're in. You're in the family of God. And do you know who's originally fit? Do you know who his original family members were? They were the Jewish people, right? I want you to take a minute. Just take a quick pause. Take a quick pause. Go back in your mind's eye. Think about how many things you know about yourself that have happened to the Jewish people. You got there? (laughs) There's a lot that's happened to the Jewish people. There's a lot of persecution. Why the Jews? Why? Because if this world is all happenstance, why the Jews? They didn't do anything. It's because Satan is real. The enemy is real. Demons, the devil and his demons are real. They really did fall from heaven. They really do um, want to create destruction in your life at every moment possible, especially when you start getting into this word of God. And so the Bible says the devil will come to steal the word immediately. He will come to try and steal what you're getting today. And so that's why it's so important that you get in this book and you study it out for yourself and you push harder and harder and harder when it feels like it's not working or when it feels like I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do because the devil wants you to quit so bad because he knows that if you get a hold of this, if you understand your covenant rights as a member of the kingdom of God, if you understand what you have as a member of the bride of Christ, he's in trouble. And he's not just in trouble for you because you're going to save your spouse. You're going to get your kids saved. You're going to get your mama and your daddy and your aunt and your uncle and your cousins saved. You're going to save all your friends at work and at school. Why? 
because this stuff's powerful. It requires an audience. It requires multiplication. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Heal your dog. Lay hands on your cat. Okay, we got work to do. We got kingdom work to do. And the devil cannot steal one single second of happiness, joy, peace, and love from us. He can't do it unless we let him. If he can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. You keep that devil away from you by keeping your mind right and staying in this word. Okay, so I need you to understand who you are in Christ. But first, you need to understand who Christ represents. Christ came to speak for the Father. The Father chose the Jewish people to carry out his plan on the earth. And so they carried the word for the first 4,000 years of this life here on planet earth. And then after 4,000 years, Jesus came. And Jesus delivered the message of the kingdom of God and said, it's not just the Jewish people that God can save and love. It's everybody that God can save and love. You're adopted into the family. But you have to remember, you've been adopted into a family. And if you have a family of five kids and you adopt a sixth kid, do you expect that sixth kid to understand the rules the other five kids have? Do you expect that sixth kid to understand what the other five kids are going to get? Because you adopted this child. This child's with you now. And so you're going to provide for this child the same way you provided for these other five kids, the same way you plan to provide for them, the same way you've tried to provide for them if they would just listen to you. This is God's perspective now. The Jewish people did not make it easy on God. Okay, he, he had issues with them from the get-go, but he stuck with them because he's their daddy. And you got saved and you accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and you just say, Jesus coming in my heart, I would not Satan in all his works. I cast the devil out of me right now and I call Jesus into my heart. I invite you into my life. Be Lord of my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You say that prayer. You mean it. Let us know you got saved, okay? If you don't have a Bible yet, if you're like, wait a minute, I don't have a Bible. I'm a Christian. Am I supposed to have a Bible? Come. Reach out to us. I will send you a Bible. I will send you resources on how to get going here because at the end of the day, if you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're like, wait a minute, I've never done any of this, then you need to rededicate yourself to the Lord. Sell out for Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm sorry I missed it. But now I'm, I know I've got the tools to do this. So I repent in Jesus' name. I'm going to live this for you forever. I'm going to walk and run and be on fire and never be quenched forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And then you get in the word of God. If you don't have a Bible, reach out to us. Click I just got saved. Put in your address. I will send you all the things you need to get started. Because this is so important that we don't just say we're saved. You know, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says you can say a salvation prayer or you can get baptized once and you're saved forever. It says you accept Jesus as Lord of your life. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? If someone's the Lord over you, right, then that person makes decisions for your life. If you have a Lord over you, if someone lords over you, then they have their will in your life. And if you look around your life and you ask yourself, how many decisions did I consult the Lord Jesus Christ on? How many ways do I look like Jesus in my life? How many people am I saving and setting free? How many people am I delivering? I don't care if you're a minister of the gospel or not. It says, these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall cast out demons. They shall heal the sick. They shall raise the dead. If you're not walking in that Holy Ghost anointing and power, you need to get with Jesus on that. 
Okay? We need to make Jesus the Lord of our life. We need to crucify our bodies and our lives daily, not just Sunday. God wants more from you than Sundays and Wednesdays and 15 minutes in the morning. He wants more. He wants it all. So when you're ready to give it all and you're like, wait a minute, God, you've got more here. Then you plug in. I have all the resources you could need. You go to lionlandministries.com. You click, I just got saved. If you don't have a Bible and things that you need, you click that, fill it out. I will send you those things. But then go to binge Jesus on our website. Go to binge Jesus. And then when you get there, you're going to see a list of ministers of the gospel who have been doing this a lot longer than I have. Because see, I just got started. So the resources that I have are not plentiful yet. I only have a handful of videos. We're getting there. We're going as fast as the Lord is allowing us to go. We're going at his pace. But these ministers of the gospel, they're where I learned this stuff from, right? They are powerful generals of the faith. And they know what they're talking about. They know this word, just like I do, just like how I'm teaching you. They can teach you. And what they can do is um, give you so many more resources, so many more teachings, anything you could possibly have a question on, they've got a teaching on. Go and look at their pages, click on some videos, listen to some sermons. It will change your life forever. It will change your life forever. The Lord was very specific with me that I need to push this page because when you put light into your eyes, then you've got light inside you. When you put light into your ears, you've got light inside you. The word of God and people who can help you interpret it correctly, which is quite frankly, literally, uh, be as little as you can with the word of God whenever possible, because God meant things literally. Okay. Um, he did not mean these aren't just all allegories. Noah's Ark wasn't just some sort of picture of how things should be. No, it happened. There was a ship. There were two by two animals. There was Noah and like five other people or four other people. And that's all that made it. There was a real flood. It happened. Okay. So you have to take the Bible literally, and that will help you a lot just when you're reading the word, but go to lionlandministries.com, click on binge Jesus. You'll find a list of ministers there that can help you in your faith walk, that can help you understand this word and interpret it correctly. And again, interpreting it is taking it literally. Take it literally that God loves you. Take it literally that Jesus died for you. Take it literally that he wants you healed because that's what it says. I promise you, when you get in the word, you will see that this is not as complicated as you're thinking in your head. The devil wants you to feel like the word of God is incomprehensible. Pick a different translation. If all you've ever listened to is, is um, King James Version, then go click on NIV. Click on the New International Version. Click on the Amplified Version. Get the Bible app on your phone and start reading through the versions of the Bible that t say things in today's languages because language changes every couple decades. Language completely changes for people. And so it may have been English then, but that's not our English today. The for yay art thou is not super common in today's language. And so pick a version of the Bible that will give it to you in your language so you can understand it more clearly. The Bible is not supposed to be interpreted to the point that you can't read it. It's supposed to be able to be read, okay? So get that religious junk out of your head that King James Version is the only version or that, you know, I, I, have, to, I, I have to have someone interpret this for me. No, you don't. Read it. It is for you and it's for me. Okay, so we're going to go over this really quick and then I'm going to let you go today because healing is very simple. It's all throughout the Bible. You can't find a single place in it that's not there. Get healed. Say, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. And you speak it. Okay?
So Deuteronomy 28. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I have commanded thee this day, the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And so before I read this, I want you to know Galatians 3.13 says this, and this is Paul talking about Jesus. He says, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham, that's what I'm about to read in Deuteronomy 20, is the blessing of Abraham for all the Jewish, the seed of Abraham for all the Jewish people. And we're adopting that family. So now we're Jewish. Hallelujah. If someone says, hey, are you Scottish? No, you're Jewish. Hallelujah. You're a new creation in Christ. Okay. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. So Holy Spirit helps you walk this out. So get Holy Spirit filled. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. I need your power and your anointing and your wisdom and your glory and your leading. Okay. Holy Spirit's your power. So don't leave out a member of the Godhead three in one. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. All right, here we go. So uh, Jesus adopted you into this blessing, right? So we're just going to skip down. I will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. You're set on high above all nations of the earth. If it doesn't look like it yet, just keep walking. You'll get there. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You got to be in the kingdom of God. You got to hear God's voice. You got to do what he says. You got to do what the word of God says. God's voice. Yes, you can talk to God hundred percent, but there will be times that you're like, God, what about this? What about that? And he may just give you a verse because it's all right here. It's in the word of God. Read it. He put a lot of instruction from his mouth in here. Uh, blessed shall thou be in this city and blessed shall thou be in the field. It does not matter if you're in a city where there's a thriving metropolis and a great economy, or if you're in the middle of nowhere, you can be helped. You can be blessed. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. I'm going to switch over the Amplified. I've got a dual translation here. The offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your animals, the offspring of your herd and the young of your flock will be blessed. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. What's this saying? Your kids should be blessed. You need to be blessed no matter where you're at. Your kids need to be blessed. They need to be protected because you're walking in the blessing. Hallelujah. Your animals all the offspring of all your businesses, all the things you did back then, it was a very agricultural society. So their herd was their wealth, right? So your stock, uh, your stock choices should be blessed. Your investment should be blessed. Your business endeavors should be blessed. Hallelujah. Um, your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. The young of your flock will be blessed is literally a business startup. The young of their flock was how they're going to make money in a few years. Hey, your business startup is blessed. Hallelujah. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. The things that you put your hands to are blessed. You are blessed when you come in and you are blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be, to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. He'll command the blessing in your storehouses. What are storehouses? They're bank accounts. See, money should be like breathing air in your life. That's what this is saying. 
And I've heard testimonies of people who tithe and sow seed and they get that. Hallelujah. But this isn't just referring to your physical wealth. This is referring to your physical health. Everything in your life should be abundantly blessed. And you can't say you're abundantly blessed and you're walking around with one arm. Or, you know, but that was offensive. I was born with a defect. I know someone that I had a, God can heal it. He already did in the word of God. Find somewhere where it negates it and let me know. Otherwise, let's keep walking, right? You can't find it, just to be clear. You can't find it, but please go try because then you'll read the word. Hallelujah. Okay. The Lord will um, establish you. He'll bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. God's going to give you some land. You don't have to rent forever. He's going to give you land. That's something I'm standing on right now. We, we've started walking in this fairly recently and we're doing some big things for the kingdom. We're doing some big things in our personal life and in the, um, our business. And so we're believing to see land possession this year. And so I will let you know, I will give you the testimony, but I'm just stepping out in faith and saying, I will possess land this year in the name of Jesus. I have that in the word of God. I'm standing on it. Okay. Um, I'm speaking it. Okay. The Lord will establish you as a people holy and set apart to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God and walk in his ways. So all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you. I like that verse. <laughs> if you've had some people try and knock you around in life, you like that verse. Okay. They're going to, they're going to see that you rise up in the name of the Lord God and they'll be afraid. They won't be able to stand against God. And we'll see that disparity a lot further as we move towards the very last day before the rapture happens. The Lord will give you great prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good treasure house, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. So this is saying the Lord is going to give you his treasuries of what he's got. Okay. And he's wealthy. Ooh, he's wealthy. He walks on streets of gold. Okay. He's wealthy. He's got it. He does not, he doesn't, we don't tithe and sow seed because, uh, he needs our money. It's, it's to give him access to our financial life, um, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And up here, it says he will give you great prosperity. And so if people are like, oh, the prosperity gospel is a bunch of junk. Well, then the Bible is a bunch of junk because it's written in the Bible, okay? It's right here. Deuteronomy chapter 28. The Lord will give you great prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your livestock. So you can have as many kids as you want and they can be healthy with no miscarriages and no birth defects and no genetic disorders and no birth problems when you're in labor and and all the things. You can have it. It's in here. It's a promise to you when you're in Christ Jesus. You are not excluded for the promise for any other reason. You don't understand. I came from a different religion. We don't believe this. I don't care. God doesn't care. He cares that you get it now. Do you understand that? And in the offspring of your livestock. Well, oh, I don't have any livestock. <laughs> I'm just a Vitangan person that they huff a lot. Okay. People who don't like you huff a lot. It's okay. Um, the livestock, again, they had a very agricultural society, is your endeavors and business. Your financial endeavors. What? Your financial endeavors. 
What have you endeavored to do? Did you set out to start a practice? Did you set out to start a business? Are you an employee somewhere? You'll be blessed in that business. You're there to be a blessing to that company for as long as the Lord has you there. But you know, if you keep walking like this, what you're gonna realize is God's gonna say, I have more. You're gonna hear that from the Lord. I have more. There's a huge wealth transfer that's happening in the kingdom of God today. And he wants you blessed because it takes money to get this gospel preached to the ends of the earth. It takes money to do that. So um, he will bless you when you bless him. When you give him a seed, when you tithe, you know, we're so grateful for the people who, who give to this ministry because, you know, you can give anywhere, but to give here is so special to us. It, it makes us so grateful and we're so, we're so blessed abundantly for it. Um, when you give, we're actually going to give you a free book. It's going to help you on your walk with the Lord. It's going to tell you your promises in the word of God for your harvest, explain the hundredfold to you, explain what you should be expecting when you sow seed and when you give tithing. Tithing is 10% of your income. Seed is the amount of money the Lord places on your heart to give. Um, I encourage you to give. You know, we we did not start living abundant life until we started giving, until we started giving a lot. And so I'm not saying drain your bank account today. Um, that may not be what God's asked you to do, but you know what, he's asked me to do it before, so I wouldn't be surprised, okay? Give a significant seed because those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly, and those who sow abundantly will reap abundantly, right? If you sow a little bit of corn, you get a little bit of corn back, and vice versa. So I really encourage you to take this on as your own and own it, because I know that we started out talking about healing today, but the blessing, it has to come to your finances too. If you have health, but you have no money to use it, then you're gonna slave away at some job. But if you get out of the Babylonian system, if you get out of what the world created for you to go to public school, go to college, be in a bunch of debt, be a laborer for other people's dreams to come to pass, you're not gonna make the life you want to live. But sowing seed into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is the greatest investment you could possibly make. More than a stock option, more than your 401k, more than all those things. Those things are great and fine and I hope you have them. But if God's asked you to put your money in a different place, it's because he's trying to get access to you so he can use you and use you as a vessel for his wealth transfer. And so if the Lord's placing a number on your heart, I ask you to please sow it um, in faith. And we're going to pray with you and believe for you. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the people understand this blessing, understand the power of it, and understand that it requires seed sowing because it's part of your way and how you've asked us to live, to give you access and yield every part of us and to walk in faith in that. And so I ask them to be blessed. I ask you to open up the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing they don't have room enough to receive. And I ask you a hundredfold return on every seed sown. And Lord, give us a soul for every dollar sown into our ministry. Give us a soul into the kingdom of God. Thank you so much, Father. We are so grateful for it in Jesus' name, and we call them blessed. Amen. So thank you so much. If you need to sow a seed today, go to lionlandministries.com. The information should be on the screen already, and you're going to click donate, I believe, or give. Uh, I'll check. <laughs> but go to lionlandministries.com, and you can get started, okay? So thank you so much for being a seed sower today. It is part of the blessing or part of accessing the blessing, okay? So, you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. Uh, nations need a lot of money. I know, that's the kind of wealth transfer I'm talking about, okay? 
uh, the Lord will make you the head, the leader, and not the tail or the follower. And you will be above only, and you will not be beneath. If you feel like you're answering someone right now, God's going to change that situation in the name of Jesus. You get in on this blessing. You get in on the kingdom of God. He's going to change it for you. I promise you that. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today to observe them carefully. Do not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today to the right or to the left and to follow and serve other gods. So he's talking there to the Jewish people because they were under the law. Jesus hadn't come yet. And so if you've messed up today or you feel like, hey, I've messed up in my life. How could Jesus possibly do anything with me? Um, I understand. I've been there. Um, every person who's ever walked this out successfully has said that, has said, Lord, why me? <laughs> you could pick someone so much more equipped to do this. But, you know, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called because in our weaknesses, God is glorified. And the New Testament tells us that all the time. Paul tells us that all the time. Like in our weaknesses, he is strong and he allows him to be glorified because when you see people who you have never, let, let's say, let's say, for example, the Lord calls you to um, drive a truck and you've never driven a semi truck in your life. I'm using a personal example. <laughs> The Lord didn't call me. I just wanted to, to be clear. Um, <clears throat> it was a really bad idea, but you know, I wanted to drive a truck and I prayed for the ability to pass my CDL test because my husband was driving a truck and I wanted to drive with him to make more money. It was so stupid. It didn't work. Um, I got pregnant really soon afterwards. It was a total bust, but I wanted to do it. I mean, you know how faithful the Lord is though. He didn't say, honey, this isn't what I have for you. I'm not answering this prayer. I prayed it in faith. I believed the Lord would give me the ability and the anointing to do it. And he still did. Like I, I, par I have parallel parked an 18 wheeler before I have driven down the road, a semi truck and trailer, six months pregnant with my belly touching the steering wheel. Okay. I did that because I asked for it. And so, um, do I recommend that path? No. Ask the Lord what he has called you to do and let him anoint you in those areas. But it's just proof that like God can take any amount of weakness and make it strength, even if it's not his plan for you. That's how good and merciful he is. When the word says his mercy follows us all the days of our life, that's what he means. I know that if you're sitting there sick or hurt, you're probably thinking, man, huh, you didn't talk a lot about healing today. I actually talked a lot about it. Everything I said was healing because when you, when you get the understanding of the revelation that God doesn't just want you healthy, he wants you so blessed and so blessed abundantly. You realize like, oh wow, this cold I'm going through or this rough moment in time where my body's acting up, is just a moment in time. You tell Satan to get his hands off you. You say flee in the name of Jesus and you get it off you, you get it done. You speak the word of God over your life. You speak healing. You don't speak, I've got cancer, I've got cancer, I've got cancer. You say, I was diagnosed with it, yeah, but it doesn't have a right to my body and I am healed in Jesus' name. I'm gonna live today in Jesus' name. This baby is blessed that's in my womb. I will carry it to term and it will be a beautiful baby, it will be a healthy baby, it will be a strong baby. And you say that, you don't have a negative confession. Speak the word of God. Speak life over your life and you will be changed radically forever. Okay. You'll be changed radically forever. So, um, go to landlandministries.com, click on binge Jesus to find more resources to help you walk this Christian life. Uh, my name is Holly. You've been listening to Grab the Glory. This is a production of Lion Land Ministries. I'm so glad you are here. Join us next week as we talk further about the word of God and how to walk in the kingdom. Thanks. Bye-bye.